Hi there, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Cole, and I'm running on ice as usual. Hey, don't forget to check out the website, howgooditis.com, and the Twitter and the Instagram, and of course the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. Here is a neat trivia question for ye, and I think I know of only one listener who will get this one right off the bat. So tell me this, what do the following artists have in common? Paul McCartney and Wings, Carly Simon, Tom Jones, Duran Duran, and Adele. Okay, I'll throw in one more. Sheena Easton. So once again, Paul McCartney and Wings, Carly Simon, Tom Jones, Duran Duran, Adele, and Sheena Easton. What do all of those acts have in common? I will have the answer for you at the end of the program. So before I start today, I want to put in a little full disclosure. The episode, this episode of the show is actually a reworking of an essay I published online a few years ago. So you might not get my usual style, but I was going through some older material and I said, oh, this is worthy of being part of a program. So I went with it. A few years ago, HBO aired a series called Treme, which was created by David Simon and Eric Overmeyer. Uh, Baltimoreans may remember David Simon as the guy who came up with The Wire and the show Homicide Life in the Street, both of which were set in Baltimore. Uh, Treme, however, was set in New Orleans and begins about three months after Hurricane Katrina struck that city. Now, in addition to the music, and there is a lot of music in that show, even if you don't necessarily hear most of the songs in their entirety, there are lots of stories going on that don't necessarily intersect to any great extent. And among all this music, a specific phrase keeps popping up in lyrics. The phrase is Giacomo Finane, which most people associate with the song Ico Ico. Now, the song Ico Ico was written and released in 1953 uh, by James Crawford and his band, The Cane Cutters, and at the time was just called Giacomo. The song didn't go anywhere chart-wise until 1965, when the Dixie Cups turned it into an international hit. The song had been recorded numerous times by that point, Uh, But it was their version that actually caught on, and perhaps that's partially because of the loose style and partially because of the minimal instrumentation they gave to it. But it turns out that there's a reason for that minimalist effort. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. See, the Dixie Cups were a black female trio out of New Orleans who were discovered at a talent show by singer and producer Joe Jones. That's the guy behind the song You Talk Too Much. Uh, The Dixie Cups were Barbara Hawkins and her sister Rosa and their cousin Joan Johnson. In 1964, you might remember, they scored a number one hit with Chapel of Love and they were looking for their next big single. So one day, while they were sitting in a New York City recording studio, the girls were doing some overdubs, which meant that the musicians had gone home for the day. And they started to goof around and they started singing Ico Ico while accompanying themselves with a chair and a drumstick and a Coke bottle and an ashtray. 
And the fact that they were just fooling around explains the nonsense lyrics that don't match up with Crawford's, such as My Grandma Said to Your Grandma. But producers Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller liked what they heard, and later on they got the band to record a proper musical track. Having said that, the final product still doesn't have a lot added to it. Listen in. So you got the rhythm sticks going on, you got a little bit of drumming, and you've got maybe a bass going on in it. Not much else, really. Eventually, uh, Crawford filed a lawsuit against the Dixie Cups and their label, Redbird Records. Now, given that both artists were basically pulling their own variation on cultural materials and that the phrases Ico Ico and Giacomo Finane appear in lots of other recordings by lots of other artists, it was kind of a weird thing to get tangled in a lawsuit over. And after two years, Crawford finally settled for a percentage of performance royalties and the individual of the members of the Dixie Cups share the songwriting credit with Crawford on later covers of the song. So, now I'd heard it many times in the song Ico Ico, of course, and as long as I've heard the song, I figured it was a little bit of a nonsense lyric, a chunk of filler, kind of like singing scat in jazz. Uh, you know, especially watching Treme, and you would hear Giacomo Finane pop up in different songs, and even Ico Ico would pop up in different songs. But Giacomo Finane, that that was the one, right? My friend, high, uh, my high school friend Joe once said, "I just thought it was a cool song." And well, Joe was the guy who turned me on to the Doors, so he was, you know, that guy in high school. I'm just kidding. I like it, Joe. <laughs> But as I started hearing the lyric popping up in other songs, it slowly dawned on me that this phrase might actually mean something instead of just being a scat lyric. So I did some research from which you now get to benefit. Everybody wins. Yay. In addition to being a great dramatic show, Treme also has the advantage of being educational. And one of the things I learned is that come Mardi Gras, there isn't just one parade in town, okay, the way there is on, say, Thanksgiving in New York City. It's more like a whole series of them all over town, and they go on forever. The whole city is a parade, and among the paraders are the Mardi Gras Indians, who are actually several different groups which call themselves tribes or even gangs of African-American carnival revelers. They dress up in these very elaborate outfits that are heavily influenced by Native American ceremonial garb. There are nearly 40 of these tribes, and most of them belong to one or two groups uh, that identify themselves as either uptown or downtown Indians. Once they get dressed, they will march out on the streets on Super Sunday. For them, Super Sunday is the Sunday prior to the Feast of St. Joseph, which is on March 19th. About 100 years ago, competing tribes who encountered each other in the street could conceivably erupt into violence, but this is generally reduced now to verbal taunts about the quality of each other's costumes. But as a result of this violence, certain paraders were given specific roles. So the first one out is the wild man who wears a hat with horns on it and he literally acts wild. His job is to clear out the crowds in advance of the others. Now in Treme, we didn't see the, the wild man because he had died in the storm. We did see his memorial service though. Next out is the spy boy. The spy boy literally spies out to see if other tribes are in the area. And then comes the flag boy who is always in visual contact with the spy boy. The flag boy literally carries the tribe's flag and is the standard bearer of the group. Finally, you get the big chief, who always far outdoes the others in far the elaborateness of his costume. And from all this, we get the story behind Ico Ico. 
So the song itself is about a collision between two Mardi Gras Indian parades, during which the spy boy threatens to burn the flag boy's banner. Part of the problem of deciphering the phrase Giacomo Finane is that all the spellings are approximate and that there are numerous interpretations. In fact, Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead once said that Giacomo uh, derives from a Swahili word, meaning roughly, well, if you don't like it, that's your problem, or possibly even go to hell. Some have theorized that it's a corruption of the name Giacomo, which they suggest is Italian or French for John or Joseph. Unfortunately, it's Italian for James, so that's clearly wrong. The fact is, the word has been used for so long that they become more or less meaningless since the original words have been swallowed up in time and repetition and garbling. The two strongest theories that follow from this take uh, take on a broader meaning from the phrase itself rather than any attempt to break down the individual words. Thus, Giacomo Finane can mean loosely, well, it doesn't really matter what the big chief says, or hey, it's all good, or perhaps even more appropriately, especially in context of the song, don't mess with us. A while back, uh, Drew Henshaw from Offbeat Magazine interviewed and uh, asked uh, Crawford about the song Ico Ico. And during the interview, Crawford said, Well, it came from two Indian chants that I put music to. Ico Ico was like a victory chant that the Indians would shout. Giacomo was a chant that was called when the Indians went into battle. I just put them together and made a song out of them. Really, it was just like Laudie Miss Claudia, a phrase that everyone in New Orleans knew. Henshaw then told him, well, listeners wonder what Giacomo means. Some music scholars say it translates in Mardi Gras Indian lingo as kiss my ass, and I've read where some think Giacomo was a court jester. What does it mean? To which Crawford replies, I really don't know. And then he laughs. So now, if you're like me, you're even more confused than you were when you thought it was just a nonsense lyric. But here's the thing. New Orleans is a melting pot of people and languages with the French and the African and the Native Americans, and oh, there's a smattering of the English language as well. And these have all kind of melded together into a stew where few people understand the literal meaning, but they understand perfectly the sentiment behind it. Yeah, well, Giacomo Finane. And now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you what these artists had in common. Paul McCartney and Wings, Carly Simon, Tom Jones, Duran Duran, Adele, and finally Sheena Easton. And, you know, every once in a while I think, man, this one's too easy, but maybe not. I thought about adding Shirley Bassey to the list, but then I thought that would give it all away because the answer is James Bond. Paul McCartney and Wings performed the theme to Live and Let Die in 1973, and it spent three weeks in the number two slot in the U.S. and went to number nine in the U.K. Carly Simon brought us Nobody Does It Better, the theme to The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977. It was written by Marvin Hamlish and Carol Bayer Sager and was the first Bond song whose title doesn't match that of the movie. Tom Jones has a real old school sound in 1965 with Thunderball, which was the producer's third attempt at a theme song for that film. The story goes that Tom Jones got kind of woozy holding that final note and fainted in the recording booth.
Duran Duran's 1985 theme to A View to a Kill was largely nonsense, but it still managed to have a connection to the film's plot, and it was the first Bond theme to go all the way to number one in the U.S. Adele theme from Skyfall was released at 7 minutes after midnight, or 007 in military time, on October 12, 2012, the 50th anniversary of the franchise. It was number one in many countries, but it topped out at number eight here in the United States. And finally, in 1981, Sheena Easton not only sang the theme to Your Eyes Only, uh, she actually appeared on screen during the opening credits. She was the first artist to do that. And just for the giggles, let me add that there is a track on Blondie's album, The Hunter, titled For Your Eyes Only, which was, in fact, written for the film. But when the producers went for a different tune, Blondie bailed out of the project altogether. So this song could have been sung by Blondie. Think about that. And that's a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the uh, time to share it with somebody and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditispod. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you can find a few extra bits. Thanks, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to find out how good it is to whip it with a good. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>